0: Hello and welcome to We're Totally Not Okay, but that's okay. A podcast about the intersection between mass media culture and mental health. I'm Kaylee Legrand. And I'm Tanya Bevan. And today we have a guest who I'm actually really excited to have you introduce yourself. And this this popped into my mind actually um, a week ago or so that I realized why I like to have people introduce themselves. Um, because we had somebody who I think at one point it, they seem kind of strange. They're like, oh, normally other people introduce me and like give my credentials. And what we have spoken about so much, I think ties into my reason why I like people to introduce themselves. I have an issue with labels. Mm. And if I'm going to label somebody, um, I think that it gives me even more anxiety over my (laughs) issues and labels. So I am going to have you introduce yourself and let that speak for, for sort of setting the tone for what our discussion will be about. Uh, of course I can talk about myself.
1: <laughs> okay. So my name is Sheila, Sheila Khan. And uh, I see my completely area about labels and I don't even know where to begin. Um, and mostly I go by as a yoga teacher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is how we met.
1: Yes, that's how I met you too. Mm-hmm. And uh, yoga instructor, yoga therapist. Um, and uh, I came to yoga at a very young age. But when I say yoga... That's, that means I never really did a downward dog <laughs> growing up. So, that's, so yoga is a very versatile word. Uh, but right now I am teaching downward dog yoga. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But my love um, of yoga is all things yoga. And my so that these days my work is geared towards really bringing the gift of yoga. And that is so much wisdom yoga is a huge system and in my opinion the biggest gift of yoga is uh, of course not just one tool many tools but the biggest gift is this what yoga brings us to the surface our own inner own inner strength right and that's why some people calling it yoga therapy um, and as a yoga therapist um, I'm working with many conditions many things many different individuals But um, really using yoga as a whole system. So I don't know where this conversation going right now, but
0: uh, uh, yeah, I think that's Um, a really good starting point to, I mean, we mentioned we met through yoga. You were one of our instructors when we went through yoga teacher training and specifically you spoke to the philosophical side of yoga
1: Yes, there's a philosophical side, there is therapeutic side, there is a huge uh, dedication, there's a huge branch of yoga that is geared towards just the mental faculty. And there are aspects of yoga that talks about emotions, right? So, yeah, that's how you, so the philosophy, when I say philosophy, I don't know if you guys remember, I often said, I said, uh, it's not, it's actually more of what we did, especially in yoga these days. Uh, even with the physical yoga, we're doing more of yoga psychology. Mm. And I actually really I love the name, and the title of your talk as well, right? Like and I find yoga is such a service. Uh, if we really learn this part of it, this yoga psychology, and really deal and work towards it, right? Towards mental health,
0: along with physical. Mm -hmm. the title of our podcast we're totally not okay with not being in brackets um and it's okay and it's Mm -hmm. okay yeah is it's funny how I it means a lot more to me now than it did when we originally came up with it and I, I think part of that is because of the learnings we acquired through our yoga teacher training and the idea of high vibration language, Uh which has become a big part of how I analyze my world Mm -hmm. and how I have become more aware or that I'm paying more attention to the way I speak, uh, the way other people speak about themselves and about the world, about their experiences. And specifically this idea that, The unconscious mind doesn't acknowledge negatives. So with the idea of being totally okay, even putting not in the sentence doesn't really get regarded by the unconscious mind because that component of, or that sentence, you know, is an idea about being okay. And it's, it's still it's still an idea that I'm trying to fully understand like what the unconscious mind even recognizes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I, I just thought that it was really cool that this new layer of understanding what we started talking about, mm-hmm. that we didn't even know, you know, what, what we were giving back vibrationally with that title, what it yes. meant. Yes. I
1: love it. I, because that's how we started about, that's why I'm here. Cause that's what I saying. Like, because now my, a lot of my work is in mental health and, I, I'm always fascinated by it. I just, I don't know why I didn't go to school to study psychology. I'm also nerd. I did them nerdy sciences, <laughs> <laughs> but nothing wrong with it. I love it. I, I think science is amazing. Uh, but I really found the brain really fascinating and how we think not only just brain. Of course, I love that book. I don't know if you read the Ma- the brain that changes mm. itself. Yeah. Right. I
0: recommended that in as well. I don't you think I've read it yet. I have along the it to still of, of some of the books that you've mentioned as well, and as you can see around, yes, you're around. It's, it's my it's my book, so. in the eye, um, and it's just
1: so the brain, but also the mind, but equally, of course, this yogic definition, and of course, it's not just the yogic definition that every cell is has a mind, the consciousness, right, and. Uh, And I find it really fascinating this concept of the cellular intelligence, and then then a deeper intelligence. Whether you call it unconscious or subconscious mind, uh, according to yoga, it's all it's all consciousness, right? So they don't even go into like sub and un, and
0: it's just like it's awareness and consciousness. That sort of brings me to another. idea that i haven't fully fleshed out and maybe i never will but and it's okay and it's Mm -hmm. totally okay (laughs) this idea that if everything is consciousness Mm. down to a cellular level this idea of everything being one thing versus a plurality or a duality in the world Mm. You know, even coming to an idea of, you know, is everything made of particles or waves? Is it particle theory or the wave theory? Both. Both, yes. And if, if it is both, does that mean that the answer is one? That it is one thing because this gestalt theory kind of shows that everything fits together in one unit? How, like, how is it both? How can you have both?
1: Yeah. Again, this thing. It's something we don't have to understand. It like we don't have to pick. Sometimes we think we have to make a choice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh,
2: yeah.
1: Again, going but not to just, and it's okay. okay? I feel like I'm advertising your podcast. Over over. Why we had you on? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are so like we we need because it's our. Remember, it is a like. It is a conditioning. We have to say, this is a mug this, or a cup. Is it a mug or a cup, whatever. Make a <laughs> choice. Make a choice. <laughs> we have to make a choice because we use, love using language and our brain is conditioned to um, categorize things because when you categorize things, we like to create things and put things into shelves. This thing belongs there. And we want, there is a sense of control in there, right? Um, there's a sense of control, there's a sense of neatness, right? The life is, even if you look at, okay, I'm not going to say like, oh, according to quantum physics, like I don't like to quote it because it's not like I know quantum physics, but if it's chaos, right? They say- Chaos and order. Yes. The yin and the yang. (laughs) Yes. But also at the end, it's like, if you really look up, at the end to say it's more chaos, right? And there's order, is born out of chaos so it's both again so we don't have to it, and it doesn't make sense either um and in, in yoga tradition because when i say yoga yoga is a, is part of a it's evolved from vedas the system of yoga is a, we have six systems from the vedas a little bit of our indian spirituality and yoga is one of the system and another system is there's many other, but the text in one of the texts uh, um, talks about how actually nothingness. Okay, that's a little tripping, right? <sighs> nothingness is the essence of everything. Yeah. Hmm. So nothingness is all that sort of exists, and so here now here is this this sort of this teaching is sort of saying there's no chaos and no order, or are you accepting both chaos and order, right? So sometimes I sort of boil it down to myself. I'm like, even at a level, like some days I'm like, you're like, oh, you must be so calm and collected. Um, at the same time also, of course I get angry and you know, anxious and crazy, like, if, you know, but I'm both, right? You are the yin and the yang. You don't make a choice between yin and the yang. It's like saying, making a choice between the right and the left shoulder, okay. right? And it's the same thing, at least in my mind, because that allows me to create a little bit of
0: order in my understanding, right? It makes me think of uh, a teaching that Tony and I hear regularly from one of our, our regular acting coaches in the city, this idea of nothing or the idea of no thing. That comes from a fable about, and I'm going to butcher this, but <laughs> Lewis, who we've had on the podcast, our acting coach talks about choices with regards to a fable that has three kayakers. And when they notice they're about to go over the waterfall, they, the three of them... Um, have d- these different three different perspectives. One decides to try to paddle back upstream to try to avoid going over. The other um tries to, I think, go straight towards it, dig into it. And the third does nothing and allows things to continue unfolding and then and just kind of like lays on his back floating as it goes towards and because he's looking up, notices a bird that lands on a branch and he realizes the branch is close enough to hold and grabs hold of the branch and is saved. Um, and the other two end up going over. And this idea of doing nothing, doing no thing, not making a choice yep. to paddle upstream or downstream and just going with the flow. Hmm. It's its almost, its it's strange that... We don't really, we have fables to understand, to try to um, make analogies about our idea of this nothingness or no thing, and that it's almost too much for the human mind yeah. to, to fully understand, understand and, agree. and that perhaps we are, maybe those limitations are exactly what can bring us the blessings if we use our life as experiments as if we are each our own individual scientists and I can't remember I, I'm not very well versed in religion but I believe that there is another fable that talks about um God having created man so that he could experience limitation because he had no like they're all encompassing nothingness is it has no limits but in a sense Having no limits is, in a sense, its own limitation. Without the pressure on the diamond, how does the diamond come to be formed?
2: Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. So there's a saying in um, in spirituality that actually comes from... So the Gita is a beautiful text, Bhagavad Gita. But I'm not going to go too deep into it, that one. But it, it just talks about how we think we're always in control. And it just... And I think it's not more so because I think it is not, I don't think it is our conditioning. We're taught from a very young age to control, to make choice. Like little kids are given doctor set or a nurse set or a kitchen or like, you know, like, oh, and one of the, I don't know if it was here, but at least back home, they always says, who wants, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or like, oh, doctor, doctor, teacher, teacher, nurse, nurse, pilot, pilot, right? Okay. Right. So, and then just like, it's, uh. And by the time you're in like high school, you should know, right? <laughs> right? It's it's It doesn't work that way. <laughs> and we so easily get trapped into this conditioning. But at the same time, I think because it's too vast, right? Just to say you can be anything. Like, what do you mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Right? And does like that mean that people say, oh, you have no purpose. You're just going around wasting your time and this and that. But... We, we love to like condition ourselves to make sure that we, we are in control. So I was giving this analogy that I think the one re, the, we really open ourselves up and we realize that actually we're not in a driver's seat. We're in the passenger. And this idea <laughs> is not well taken by this sometimes because we we're like, what about the free will? What about my choices? Like, and then it's like, no, you've been driven. So we, it's not that you're not making choices, but we're not controlling, right? Like, and we know, like, sometimes I say, a lot of people say, I hear the people's stories when they, how they joined yoga teacher training and whether I am taking a course or that they're taking my course. It's like, oh, I made this, 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 but also every decision we make is a sum of, it could be some of different choices from your past, from this life. If you believe in past life, it could be from past life. If you don't believe in past life, it doesn't matter. Or it could be just that you end up coming here because you were supposed to. Mm-hmm. There's no, we just no. I made a choice. I cleared my schedule. All of those things are logistics that needed to be done at a superficial level. But I think, and, and I truly believe, at least at this time in my life, right? That yes, you are being driven and it is okay. It's not like you're losing control. But of course in your story that a feeble the guy who lay down he could have just laid down and done nothing he obviously did something he saw the brand right yeah but first he chose not to do nothing that means he he stepped back so that stepping back I believe is it's a mental step back right then you know what to do and then you act upon it
2: mm-hmm.
1: stepping back from what exactly because there was um Okay, so in that story, let's go back to that story, right? It's like, you know that the boat is going to go down. Mm -hmm. You must do something, right? At the Mm -hmm. same time, if the boat goes down, it could be thing. Either you could die or either you can move on, right? It's the fear of the unknown. We really don't know what's going to happen. And we don't like the unknown. And that's why we fast forward to future or go back in the past or what happened before I knew it hit I hit the rock right and it's going to happen again so we're either living in the from the past memory or anxiety about the future right so when we just sort of step back and that's literally what yoga teaches us to take a step back right and create that space right in fact one of the meaning one of the reason we have yoga they say Yoga is to cultivate Sukha. Sukha literally means in Sanskrit, open space. Hmm. Right? So you're creating that space. So in that story, I was just like that person just paused. It was literally a pause in nothingness. Yeah. Right? So open space means like this is a room, right? And if you take away everything, it's, the space is open. Right? So this, space, this element of space.
0: Yeah. Right? It's almost... I, Which I is, guess, again, nothing. An equivocation to expansion. Yes. The idea of expansion. And that expansion, there
1: was a choice, but he did make a choice to grab down. He could have just done nothing either.
0: Right? My, <laughs> my, my mind is reeling right now.
1: Right? <laughs> but sometimes we're just not taught to create that space. When we're talking about space, it's, it's, space is a very subtle element. It actually has to correspond to our throat neck region and these days I'm finding whether I'm teaching physical yoga of course physically it was part of it nothing wrong with taking care of the body right but also like we have to I'm finding these days and it's it's a known fact is is right now neck issues are really mm. big neck issues we have like yeah. people say, oh, it's because of our iPhones and this and that neck arthritis is on the rise um conditions like tinnitus right uh vertigo whether, you know your balance like and people are just like it's a lot of stuff going it's basically central nervous um uh, system right uh, the p- pathology medically is the brain there's also something happening in the brain nervous system it's the nervous system right right but also neck look at the neck we're situated between the head and the heart right mm-hmm. and i find it really fascinating how tantra, mm-hmm. which three days actually classical yoga It talks a lot about emotions and that they dedicate the space element to the throat and i find it really fascinating because throat is our ability to create that space sometimes we need that space to create that space within ourselves first before we create sometimes we think about creating spaces with the goal relationship space in a relationship right? Whether it's your intimate relationship or any other relationship, right? But also it's finding, taking a step back sometimes from ourselves.
0: The idea of of this space of the throat being between the head and the heart, it also in, I guess, sort of um, the anatomical sense, it connects with the breath because you're breathing in through the nostrils or the mouth and down into your lungs and it's sort of traversing that same space between the head and the yes. heart and we create space within our lungs within our body or capacities we're taking oxygen in and releasing it and releasing carbon dioxide yeah, mm-hmm. yeah science yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, i studied psychology i didn't do yeah <laughs> I find, and yeah
1: so i find it that's that space and sometimes we like we have to create that space and really look at herself like how you would be looking at me. Or like but when I say look at me when I would say looking at herself really compassionately, right? Because uh sometimes I wear I have a friend who always says, I would never be my friend. I'm such an ass to myself. Oh right? wow, those are strong words. Right? It's just like I would so and I don't think you should have just said ass, but I like I'm like a not I'm a like a Like inner conversation, we're talking about like how inner conversations Mm -hmm. can be really tough. Yeah, to ourselves, really a lot of judgment, Mm -hmm. and I'm guilty of that. Like really judging myself really harshly, but I remember what we do to inside, we equally do to others. It's some people say I'm harsher to myself, but then to others. But actually, it is. If you're harsher to yourself, then you are, you equally are, have an ability to be harsher to yourself. But again, this is where the conditioning helps you. we are like, oh, I don't want to be rude. Mm. Right? So I wouldn't say it. But it's the equal amount of, and that's why sometimes people just blow up or do some of these things. But the first conversation, again, coming back to Tantra, they say, you have to practice for yourself. Right? So compassion and love to ourselves first. And only then it will, you don't have, you don't practice love and compassion to others. It just flows. Hmm. Yeah. You only have to practice it to yourself. So it's never really an outward moving. We think it's an outward moving or somebody looks more, looks more compassionate or loving being because they are so expressive. Right. But it can, it's only happening if they are, if they're actually loving themselves. like. It, um, you know what I mean? Like, it has to be flow inward, right? Like as I was like, like, you don't, you only lose your temper if you're feeling agitated, tired, or depleted, right? If you come, like, I give an example, when you go on a vacation, you feel comfortable. You come back, yeah, hey, or even there at the vacation, like, everything looks so beautiful because you're relaxed. You have no, nothing to do list. Food has been taken care of if you're going to a resort, right? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's doing the dishes or, you know. If you go there, that, that's where you're happy, right?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not doing dishes. <laughs> or whatever,
1: even logistics. Yeah. People run away, but you see, and that's what I find it really interesting, this concept of going away and then coming back to the same stuck-in-a-rut routine. And we, this is not how it works. But also sometimes people say, oh, I'm so busy, I need a break. So they go away. And then they come back because I have so much to do and back to anxiety. You Human beings are not meant to work like this. We're not meant, our mind is not work, work like this, right? Like it's like just taking, I'm just going to eat the food when I, like it's like nourishing the body when you're away, like two, day, two times a year and rest of the body, rest of the year you do whatever you want to the body. It doesn't work that way. Hmm. But we do the same with our mind, right? And they say, oh, it's just like, no, not, Taking the time out, not being introverted, right? We think we take no time to relax the mind, clear the mind, clear these thoughts, and you know, which is a regular practice. Something which you be. can't do once a year. No, it should be done daily. Yeah, right. It should be done daily. It doesn't take. It takes few minutes, right, to clear the mind. I have a teacher, another teacher who says this is hygiene, right? And I love this analogy. It's like, and then he said, "Go ahead, don't wash, don't brush your teeth." See what happens, right? Yeah. And and like and that's why we're rotting in our head sometimes because we're never taught to clear our head.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, we're not talking about clearing, like emptying, but at least try to do uh, what I call it surface clean, right? Like, you know, like, just if you do this surface clean every single night. For your if, mind. For your mind. You don't allow things to add up. And then you can have a deep clean, right? Slowly, right? But we like simple, so I call it like a mental, emotional hygiene. Before going to bed, you can do twist, just simply pausing. And just, and that's so, it's the simplicity of yoga. You can just simply take few breaths. And that's going back to what we were talking about before. Is just uh, simply pausing and changing and taking breaths for just six breaths with slow breath in and out. of so the five, six seconds of inhale. A little bit slower exhale, because exhale are cleansing, okay? Uh, that's all it takes for you to change the mental pattern, whatever you're stuck in. And now it's proven science. Like there's like, they can take your brain map, how you are, because if you are really reactive, you're in more in the back of the brain, right? Your primitive brain, right? And right. then just simple, mindful breathing. For 60 to 90 seconds, changes. Not like this, but it changes. You know, because when you take conscious breathing, when you're becoming aware of the breathing process, which we call conscious breathing, you're coming more into frontal brain. Mm-hmm. Right? So imagine if you do this, and it's like training, it's like training your biceps. If you lift, training, your, doing your squats or whatever, if you want to work your thighs and glutes, right? Same thing, it's like training your mind. It can be done. And honestly, six breaths, I tell people really, if you don't have, that takes 90 seconds. If you don't have two, three minutes a day to do this, like, I don't know what you're doing for 24 hours.
2: Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, and this is a portable breath. Like, really, like, so I negotiate sometimes like three breaths, like three minutes. They're like, I'm like, when should I do? Then there's excuses come up, right? We say, oh, I don't have time. Do I need a pillow? You don't need a quiet space. Yeah. You do not need to sit like a Buddha. (laughs) You do not need an $80 Zafu.
2: Yeah.
1: $100 mat. You do not need proper clothing. The salt lamp. The salt lamp and... (laughs) infusion of essential oils and
0: oh my god do they set the mood <laughs> maybe that's the deep clean <laughs> no actually that's surface oh you man, should be I able to it so backwards
1: you should be able to breathe in a pond of filth that's when the
0: lotus grows right oh yeah I love, I have so many images in my notebooks from the lectures that are philosophy lectures from YTT, from the yoga teacher training. I have so many images of, I was thinking about bringing this out for our conversation just to be like, <laughs> all right, I want you to analyze my notebook because some pages are just the lotus and like weird things I've written around it. And then other pages are like... Be like Bill Murray. I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) I mean, of course everyone, he's God. He's, especially in the entertainment industry, it's like, yeah, be like Bill Murray. But the idea of all of the things that we tell ourselves we need in an external way to try to get internal, it's, there are excuses that we're making. And to bring ourselves down to the breath yes it's so fundamental
1: it's and it's so simple you know it's because we make things complicated yes because it's so simple that it's stupid right yeah. it's like what i do love you mean? stupid yeah it's so they're like no we must add to it right just because like, that's all i have to do like yeah. what should i do should it I can't is be simple. that simple it can't be so it easy is that it's simple mm-hmm. it is that simple right the people are like i have no room in that and like yo don't you have a bathroom you want me to breathe in the bathroom? I'm like, you're breathing in the bathroom. Do you hold your
0: breath? No. I find I do sometimes. That's, I've been, my awareness has been brought to the breath in yes. moments like that. And a lot of it started from um, acting coaching. Uh, the first time that I was aware of what I was doing with my breath in a continu- in and habitual pattern was through acting and having an acting coach call me out after a performance. Um, he was kind of notorious for calling people out midway through their monologue. So yeah. nobody was getting to finish the monologue and, and then it would start breaking down what they could work on. And I remember the first time I ever did a monologue, It was he was a new coach for me. And I remember getting through the whole monologue the entire time being like when's he gonna stop me when's he gonna stop me when's he gonna stop and he didn't stop me and at the end he he looked at me and he said now that was a great performance and he turned to the class and said but she was performing you were performing and it's like you didn't breathe the whole time through i went, you didn't breathe and it was this weird twist of a fork in my heart where i'm like on so many levels, what am I doing? Where's my awareness? If I'm not even conscious of the fact that I've held my breath trying to achieve something, I have, I've created so many different layers of expectations and story thought Mm -hmm. that I've pulled myself away from and given myself all those excuses to ignore this fundamental necessity.
1: And it's true. People say, "Oh, you know, always breathing." Yes, technically, you know, being a psychologist and if you study brain, it's yes, you're always breathing. That has been taking her from the back of the brain, right? That's your primitive brain. Like if I were to choke you, that's such a violent image. You're gonna, your body is gonna work so hard to yeah. get rid of me, right? Um, but um, when we become aware of this conscious process, it's shown that. You are going into frontal brain. Yes, we are breathing, but we are, another example one of the teachers give is like, it's like, yes, our generator is working at a capacity that is just running what needs to run. Right? But you wanna breathe efficiently, right? So imagine that then you, mm, so much more energy is available. So you're not working at that necessity level. Mm you're opening up and really living up to the potential, right? And even biologically, like, it's about our lungs, uh, depending on the size and the shape of a person, people are able to breathe into liters. The capacity of the lung is into anywhere from three to five liters, depending on the size of the body in a person. And however, we sip breathing into cups, a 250 mil right so and that's going back to like I think this should be a a practice this kind of people like information we love information right Mm -hmm. and we and also um it it encourages you this is my potential like of course imagine like like even at the body level right and then, of course, it has a profound effect. Breath-based meditation has a profound effect on our mental health, on our emotional regulation. Because as you light up the frontal brain, it's also regulating your emotional centers.
2: Right? Mm-hmm.
1: It's not that you're not going to get angry, but it's how quickly you bounce back from any emotion. Any, every, emotions are there for a reason, right? Like if I step my toe, I'm going to yell. Yeah. Right? yeah. Right? But They're signals to your body. Yeah. But then if there's something and if the the pain and anger is just there and there's no external cause and we we need to take care of ourselves, right? And there's nothing wrong with it. And that's where the breath-based practices come in. They're so handy, right? And also they allow you to dive deeper. When you talk, we start talking about unconscious. It's actually to say breath is the, it's like it, Let's use the term the meaning the, from the Western perspective. The su- unconscious mind or subconscious mind, right? Mm-hmm. So they say the reason we're not afraid to wander in it because you can get lost because you don't know what's lurking in the dark. Right? Yeah, the shadow self. The shadow self, right? But yeah. when we practice breath-based awareness and meditation, you sort of have like I sort of visualize it as like well, it's like they say it's like a rope. So when I mm-hmm. think of it, like you know, you're diving deeper as you're line that is connected to the surface boat so you're diving into the sea because the sea is given as in tantra the unconscious mind or that shadow self is sort of visualized as a sea and you're going into the depth right so breath-based meditation is actually preliminary or preparatory practice for you that allows you to go deeper and explore
0: yourself so are you mm-hmm. saying that that is sort of the equivocation of the rope where yes. you know, you know, you, you can it. wander in, you know, you've got one hand on this rope that is yes. connected back to the, right. that can guide you back to the surface, the light. Yeah. And it almost just gives you a sense of security yes. in the unknown, being able to traverse those waters to make yeah. new discoveries, to yes. learn more about it, to, to make those expansions again, creating more space for yourself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And because you are the light and you're all the dark, the yin and the yang is equal, you're both. So, so we don't we, like to acknowledge the dark. We just not to, because as soon as we hear dark within we dark, we're dark. <laughs> I <don't> like, it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like something insidious or, do you know what I mean? It's yeah it's just that we don't want to associate ourselves with yeah because it's like oh it's light right like I'm the light you always hear yoga teachers you're the light you're the light yeah but I'm you're also the darkness too and it's okay Mm -hmm. actually winter is the most yin part it is the time to do this kind of exploration because it is the time. This is nature time to be introvert. Do you see anything growing outside? No.
0: <laughs> a couple of things aren't growing in here anymore. My plants. Are using right. Those three empty pots of losing plants. And I'm trying to learn a, how to grow. Them. Yeah, but this is the nature's time to do go
1: inward, right? Mm-hmm. Because only from the depth, they say, actually, you're because you guys are artists. You're gonna appreciate that. Here lies the abundance of ideas. Imagination, creativity. Yes, right. It lies in the
0: darkness. Yeah, it is. If it's already brought into the light, that's already that's that's already Already from. Yes, it's already moved from chaos to order. It's already put into a story. It's already made into a movie. And what what creation? Anything that is new, which you know, it's it's. Can anything really be new? You're you're reappropriating that which already exists, but to make something that has not already been shifted into the objective world you have to move into the subjective unconscious chaotic darkness and let yourself make those new discoveries Mm and once you make a discovery or start to shape out of the clay of the unknown That's what you can offer as an artist, in a sense. And
1: there's abundance, and it lies. And according to Tant, this is the structure of all beings and then they go as far as talking about how and that's what you'll hear often yoga teachers for those who practice regular yoga they oh will say we did a hip opening class you might be emotional and this okay. that.
0: sure i'm emotional because you opened my hips because yeah. i sat cross-legged or did a butterfly or yeah but it is coming from
1: this perspective from this ina- this teachings of tantra uh that he- Lower back and the hips are you unconscious. Which we were talking about the other right? day. And yes, yeah, so it's it's actually, and if they, as throat is the element of space, um, lower back hips are element of water. So going back to this water and swimming into the depths of our water, see how everything now ties together? Mm-hmm. And then you can swim very safely, right? If you are tied. And that's why we in tantra and, or Kundalini yoga, we practice a lot of breathe breath work, right? So you are strong and energized also for you to
0: swim very safely. At a deeper, it's almost like that exists at a, a, a deeper part of our existence. And it's interesting that we have these analogies that, you know, that's if you think of the world, we're talking about this airy space of the throat that maybe is the ether the it's that space that exists around the earth and then once you start connecting with the earth and moving into its bodies of water it's a different level or a different chakra yes of our bodies so it sits at a different spot and i think that we have we make these analogies that are stories that help us understand those sorts of connections exactly or in yoga tradition they say this was
1: you guys, you guys were using the word um, we're scientists, right? And yeah. experimenting. So from Hima. And that's why they say these teachings are a gift for we use the word um, in South Asia, they call it seers, rishis.
2: Mm.
1: Right? These Hima, Himalayas master, right? Hima, seers are the teachers of the, of Himalayas. They call them seers. Right? So they saw Because remember yoga and tantra was developing where where all the other parts of the world, when they were developing more external, like mathematics, right? This is energy of the mind moving outward. Like, look at this. Look at this beautiful
0: things we have created. This is all the energy of your mental... She's pointing at my my, my studio space, guys. You can't (laughs) see that she thinks it's pretty here.
1: (laughs) And this is all energy moving outward, creating all this, right? Now, the seer said, if you just draw a fraction of this inward, and that's what we call in yoga tradition, antar yoga, meaning internal yoga, Mm -hmm. or one of the teachers, he used that translation as inner engineering, right? So I I cannot use that word because it's from the teacher, Sadhguru, but it's actually
0: antar yoga. So you... You're practicing internally. Oh, you can use that word. We didn't. We didn't develop the English language. We're still using it. These are none of these are our words, but they're all our own words. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he trademarked it, so I don't want (laughs) to. We're not going to get sued. I'm
1: not like advertising him or anything, but uh, the word is beautiful and basically from the yoga tradition. Because nothing I say is ours, and if some people trademark
0: it, it's actually not theirs either. But. Mm Let's talk about that for a second because that's also I've been I think we were mentioning this the other day too when we were chatting about, you know, the different forms of understanding, the different systems of language to understand uh I guess mental health in a sense or uh, like a, a, the way that yoga is understood sort of in, a, in our western culture, almost like a western appropriation of something that has come from a lineage that has existed before we became aware of it here in the Western world. Yeah,
1: five thousand year old tradition is like close, mm-hmm. like three to
2: five. It's, it's a huge
0: system. And you, I remember you calling in our teachings. I remember you referring to some of the yoga that we've experienced here as like Lululemon pant yoga.
1: <laughs> Again, I got in trouble because people got look.
0: I, I wear Lululemon,
1: right? I got in trouble that I'm putting someone to sponsor us, right? Yes, I'm not. What my p- point was, and some people got offended, is I'm uh, not to offend anybody, but I was just saying this, this is the gross, uh, under-realized, I don't know what I'm, t- like, it's not realization that the yoga is so much more than just taking yourself in a fancy posture with coordinated clothing, let's yeah. say. Now I'm not gonna use any company name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like
1: coordinated clothing, right?
0: But you can see it in many Instagram pictures i
1: actually not on Instagram at all. So I really don't know. I don't, because, because that actually, because working in mental health and also working with a diverse group of population, this has closed the doors for a lot of people because they think this is yoga. The image they saw on Instagram, because they say, I will never stand on my, and my body would never look like this. I'm like, yeah, because you don't have to, because this is not even yoga. So now as a traditional yoga teacher, I've been practicing yoga for a long time, right? And teaching yoga for a long time, now I have to go back to saying I don't teach yoga. I teach const- cre- um, corrective movements like yoga, mm-hmm. like physio, because I because when you go out and you work in the medical community or people who work struggling with like someone. Right, like who's like, oh I don't know what yoga is. I hate doing yoga. Like I have a lot of male clients, female clients, older clients, younger clients, right? They already have a preconcept. Yes, because the image of yoga is has become so able-bodied, happy person on the beach with incense and <laughs> flower garland. And color coordinated and color-coordinated clothing. Yeah. I am not happy, I am not coordinated, I'm not tall. Mm-hmm. I am, I don't have nice hair
2: <laughs> I love your hair <laughs> with gray <laughs> well I think for me um, when I went into the yoga program I didn't go in it to be a teacher I wanted to learn more of the corrective corrective movements because of all the ailments I've had growing up and all that and I found after i didn't want to be a yoga teacher like i when we started taking philosophy and stuff i was like that's the type of stuff i want to get to know and understand because those are the things in my head that i'm like i need to work on that. Right. and yeah there's a there's i hate to say it there's a bad image about yoga because it's so much more than poses and postures and people are like i want to learn how to do a headstand no how about you learn how to figure out your mind and then get your headstand yeah yeah so it's just yeah, I like. That. I like oh, but but um, yeah, so I agree wholeheartedly with that. I'm like, yeah, I love the cute yoga stuff, but that's not where my heart's at. And my mom's like, well, why don't you teach? I'm like, because that's not what I want to teach. And it's hard to wrap. Your it kind of comes that. back
0: to the first conversation about labeling. mean, You know, I asked yes. you to introduce yourself <laughs> because I I have this issue, and maybe maybe this is me labeling myself or telling a, like a story about myself. I'm still trying to come to terms with this idea of labeling or compartmentalizing or putting things on shelves or organizing my world. Yeah. When I, I want to exist in that deep, dark, unknown sea, the unconscious and part of me is kind of afraid of stepping into the light and putting labels yeah. on things because we have preconceived notions yes. about yoga, about yes. other things that we've already labeled in the world. And that limits those connections—you've had to change the way you even explain I know, what you do because it's because I
1: found because so of course, um, I don't want to give that image of yoga because I have to, We sort of have to rescue it,
2: mm-hmm. and that's
1: why there was a time I'm like mm-hmm. a step back. I don't want to. I didn't want to say I'm a yoga instructor. You're a yoga I, rescuer.
2: <laughs> well, yeah,
1: I should call it I don't. I think we have to just like because we have sort of abused it, right? Because then it, I found that this image. I appreciate the beautiful person doing coordinated clothes yoga on the beach. Mm -hmm. Beautiful thing to look at. Fine. But this is, I'm sorry, this has closed the door. The real teachings of yoga and the real gift of yoga is how to clear the mind. Right. Remember, flexibility of the yoga is I often just tell them, it's a bonus.
2: It's something, it was a
1: side effect. The physical flexibility
2: of your body. I think with that, too, I think we were talking earlier about how we were talking about the heart and it's about something in the mind that affects the heart rate variability. And it's kind of just in a sense of even flexibility. It may not be that you're not flexible. There's something holding you back from getting. Yes. Flexibility. Exactly, so when
1: I sometimes I see these articles, which I don't, because I have a teacher who said there's many better things to
0: read than yoga articles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but we'll
1: reference
0: them all in the show notes. <laughs>
1: so please don't read yoga, do yoga, right? Mm-hmm. And at 15 minutes, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please don't read yoga articles at all. Anyway. but I was looking through one of those books where they have sequence so the students can do. you know what I'm talking about) yes. mm-hmm. And then it was a, it was a sequence about how to open up the heart chakra. And it was all about backbending and fancy ass
0: backbending too. Sorry, I said AS. Yes, uh, I swear. Oh, every episode that. has a label of explicit content.
2: I'm, I'm actually good this episode. Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> I
1: thought it was going to bleed And it was, it's just like backbend after backbend after backbend. And it's just like, this is to open up your chakras of the heart. No amount of backbending will open up the chakra of the heart. None. There's nowhere it says in the yoga, nowhere it says in Tantra, don't take my word for it, please study, okay? And you'll, okay, backbending is for lower chakra, for your lower back, hips, Mm -hmm. right? And it's only going to bring the energy up a bit. You have to deal with the unconscious mind and what the things you're not looking to discover about yourself, right? The heart chakra can only be opened by practice of compassion. That's where we started. Okay, mm-hmm. gratitude, love, right? They call them the four elements at the heart are love, compassion, goodwill or friendliness, and Opeksha, right? They're also the four noble truths of Buddhism. Opeksha? Opeksha, equanimity. Mm. Right? Right? At the heart, those are the things that reside. You want to strengthen the heart, you focus on being compassionate to yourself and then it flows. That's how you strengthen the heart. It's just something you do. You yep. can't just read.
2: No, something you practice. something
0: <laughs> you do. Even
1: a gesture of uh, smiling. It's a gesture of goodwill. Yeah. Right? And people, are, it's just, that's what opens up the heart chakra. If the backbending was going to open up the heart chakra, then the gymnast would be the, have the most exponential amount of energy at
0: the heart chakra. Right? Oh, and I know some pretty nasty gymnasts.
1: <laughs> and then what if someone who cannot even lift out of the bed... Like I have clients who live in the bed, right? That means the heart chakra doesn't work. Like it's mm-hmm. absurd to equate yourself and downgrade yourself to a physical carcass, mm-hmm. right? That's what we're obsessed with, right? The physical carcass. There's a saying that comes from the ancient story. Is a, it's like a parable. It's just like, I'm not going to go into full story, but it says, basically it says these people... This, this guy, he's just like, let's say he's crooked. He was crooked. And, you've, uh-huh. and then he would, as in like his joints are debilitated, right? His, he has skin conditions. Everybody just like shuns away from him. Just like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with him? And then he shakes his head. He's like, all of you, all of you guys are cobblers. You just look at the skin, the leather.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And I think that's what we have become and nothing wrong with Instagram, please. I just, I'm very technologically declined. Right. So look at me. I don't even know what podcast was. I'm not going to (laughs) lie.
2: It's just (laughs) us
0: sitting around (laughs) chatting. You have no idea who else is going to listen to it.
1: (laughs) I was, it's just, we're so obsessed with our own image and others image. And we have this image of happiness, right? Image of a perfect relationship image of a perfect yoga image of someone who's mentally fit or happy and all these images and or image of meditation
0: all right i'm sorry i think it's my God, it i'm gonna edit all that all those out okay
1: <laughs> so you don't have to have like image of meditation or mindfulness is a certain image these days right
0: yeah like, yes right it's, yeah we live in a very visual culture so it is very young yes would you say that vision is yes
1: it's very young you know vision is actually depleting the solar plexus really how so because according to tantra eyesight is connected to your drive your willpower your drive your solar plexus with all that energy yes
2: mm-hmm.
1: now we're such doers right oh look at her she has this idea she's doing this this i'm gonna do this 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 Right. And then it's just like, oh, like, like I sometimes joke about these. Pillows, you know, people change pillows according to season. Oh, my gosh. Yes. One of my pet peeves. (laughs) 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 Just buy one freaking pillow. Change it up if it's dirty. Yeah. Why do you have to drive yourself crazy? I have girlfriends that go crazy because your house, nothing wrong with housemakers. Okay, It's a beautiful you don't have to drive if it's grime if you enjoy
0: no problem right if it brings you joy
1: <laughs> right if this is your joy that's fine oh my god i gotta change it season is changing i
0: still have summer pillows on but if it brings you stress yes <laughs> then it's just depleting because it's all sensual you're just taking in what we've been talking about actually makes me think of two different podcasts i was listening to one which was from jordan b peterson talking about sports players and and hunters and this instinctual um the psychosomatic connection between you know your ability to actually see let's say a hockey puck or a ball you're not actually seeing it because you can't compute that movement so quickly mm. but there's something that as an athlete you practice to a point that you recognize on a somatic level mm. of your yes. body you are you're moving almost like in tandem with music that only you can really hear because you've trained your body to get to that point. It's a body memory. Yes. And then there was another podcast I was listening to that was talking about the relationship between breath work and the actual physical capabilities of your heart, of these heart opening capabilities. Um, The actual, I think it was the, the aorta, the actual dimensions of your aorta of the flow of blood in your heart what breathwork can do to increase flow in your heart that, yep. that on a scientific level, you're actually opening that heart chakra
1: yes you're opening the physical heart as well right you mm-hmm. literally has it has it can it can change the physiology of the body just by sheer mental focus and breathing exercise it's proven you can have many studies right people are always researching on this right and now like we were talking about like how it can change like right away it takes it's literally take 9 30 60 to 90 seconds for you to change and you can measure it right and that's actually what you do in a lie detector text if you want to test if you want to cheat it you just have to slow control your breathing
0: and you can You can cheat the lie detector. Perfect. We're going to have the CIA after
1: us. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, anybody can change. You just can slow down the breath.
0: Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even take that long. So, those who are also Googling how to build a bomb are probably going to also be able to learn how to (laughs) get past lie detector tests. My point was not to do a lie detector test, (laughs) but like how, because the breath, the heart changes. Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. And those are the things
0: that people are wanting to read because they think that they can understand a human being and their motivations. Equally, practice another
1: situation, even if you, it's it's another last thing I want to finish it off with is just gratitude. Practice of gratitude changes your heart rate, HRV, heart rate variance. It changes everything. It changes everything. So when I say cardiac health, so I literally tell people, this is your cardiac health. Cardiac health is not running few miles, three days a week. Cardiac health is actually practicing gratitude. And gratitude, not what we have, but equally what we don't have. Right? Just simple gratitude. Gratitude is not something we gratitude comes to us right if you just take pause the gratitude will come to you you don't have to go on oh, my kids do this thanks for the bed thanks cuz i make them do i make them do a gratitude mm-hmm. practice yeah like i make them do times table yeah like they they list thanks for the bed thanks for the book and then they're like going looking around make to find them, things to because listening. i think they do three new things right Thanks for socks I got today. I'm like, good. I, this is just cultivating stuff, something that we need to practice. And then it, but for us adults, right? Like, honestly, you just have to sit and literally pause and the gratitude
0: comes. Because it's so natural. It's, it is a natural, it's our natural existence. Yes. To live in gratitude.
2: Right.
1: Like I have so much, I don't have to consciously make an effort
0: to feel the gratitude that kind of brings us back to the simplicity of how can it be that easy well it is that easy (laughs) it is you just are you
1: just be and these practices literally can change it's proven like if they can put a strap it around your heart and they can tell
0: it changes the heart they change yeah, changes the rhythm like, of the heart. Tanya has a oh no it's a ring. Yeah, I don't you can get like right watches and rings now that measure that heart rate variability and and just watch as you make those practices if you want that scientific evidence if you want something in numbers if you're a numbers person then we are we like to quantify things we like to measure things and label things because well, again we're going back to order. We want to put things into a shelf. Yes, mm-hmm. and prove it to others. To believe mm-hmm.
1: it. It's like we need that to go back to a belief. Yeah. Because when it's written it's a scripture then it's more of a belief system.
2: That's
1: <laughs> Backwards. Right? <laughs> Otherwise, it's actually, you just have to feel it.
0: I feel like that yeah. can spin us off into an entirely new conversation about religion. <laughs> yes. We're going to have to have you back for another episode. There's so much. Mm-hmm. It
1: is. I love talking this and I find people need to hear this because you could never actually get up from the seat and you'll be in a state of yoga.
2: Mm-hmm you can breathe
1: yes and also just contemplate and open up your mind and not actually have order it actually gives you an expansive view like a bird's eye view of who we are let go yes fly swim explore experiment
2: ah uh, yes
0: the little scientists that we are yes <laughs> Thank you so much for carving out time to sit and chat with us. Mm -hmm. It's lovely. Please come back at another point. I'm sure we will. I will. I will for sure. (laughs) For those who maybe want to, they don't want to wait for you to come back to another episode. If they want to get in touch with you, I know that you have your own practices and you you do not teach. I do
1: teach with the word of mouth, actually. But I did create a website for... All the people <laughs> <laughs> All the who people? use the technology. <laughs> so how do those people find <laughs> So you they can find me with my website is yoga with my name, S-H-E-H-L-A, S-H-E-H-L-A, com. Okay, okay, perfect. We'll put that in the so show notes I, for people as yeah, well. Yeah, I teach her in there. But what I'm teaching, I do, as you know, the tantric practice is coming up Sunday. It's kind of late. I don't know when it's going to go
0: out. It's actually yoga nidra that you're interested Ooh. in are oh my god already? i want to have an entire like I, I don't even want to just have one episode to talk about yoga nidra i want to talk about this for life <laughs> <laughs> literally just quickly explain what nidra is to those who've never heard this word so yoga nidra it yogic sleep but you
1: are so it's a tantric practice where you are learning to relax the mind and you're going into deeper realms of yourself they call it consciousness, unconsciousness, subconsciousness. You're diving deeper. So you are in a, you're in a place where you are not awake, neither asleep. You're in the middle. So you move through a dream, dream state. You move through different states to go dive deeper and explore. It's highly restorative practice. Once again, I can explain what it is. But I think you, you just have to experience it in order for you to know what it is. Right. Yeah. So a body scans for well, a lot of people have heard of it. Body scan is part of the practice. Mm-hmm. I teach the Uru, the classical traditional version. Right. Oh. I teach once every other month. Like so once a month or every other month. Something like that, I was you true saying other places privately.
0: Very cool. Yeah. That's I'm gonna have that be kind of like the one cool thing that you just shared. We usually do a one cool thing at the end of our episodes, unless you have something else that you wanna throw out there. Um Tanya, do you have a one cool thing for this episode? No. Okay. Well, mine's very connected to this. And it's just <laughs> a, this, um, going back to a conversation that we had at the yoga sanctuary talking about yoga nidra. Um, I proposed to you that I want to learn more about yep. this. And you did mention that you, you do workshops that are yoga nidra specific some that allow people to come and just experience it, um, as that practice in the moment. And then at other times you teach other, uh, yoga practitioners to learn how to conduct these workshops through, you know, yoga teacher training. Um, and I wanted that specifically as like a condensed course. And so my one cool thing is that I'm, I'd like to put that energy, that idea out there in the world, because I'd like to start finding some other people who are looking for that same, who have the same interests, because I'd love to organize that to have you teach me. and uh, those others.
1: Today, I was coming here and I had someone else connected with me. She was going to connect with me in January. So I already have a few people interested. I usually say minimum five. I think I'm already up to five, but I am not an organizer. Because as a mother, as an educator, and all over the place, yeah. I'm at the clinic, and I'm at the Cambridge, and this and that. I'm at the a women's health clinic. Um, okay. That Logistically, uh, it drives me crazy. So I tell people, you get the people together, I will come in. Uh, so, and I would love to share, of course. Or, so I did create a program. I've taught it twice, actually three times, six-hour course. Okay, it's a very simple practice. There's only one requirement you need. You could have to want to do it. That's all. Yeah. And that's the thing with everything in life. You just have to want to do it.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There has to be that's a genuine interest in your core. That's the only requirement. A mm-hmm. want. Uh, a desire. the hero's desire for the journey. Yes. <laughs> that's, um, that's my one cool thing that I want to organize that i want to have that and i want to put i want salt lamps around us i have a bunch of pretty plants that i'd like to set the setting with. So, but nothing wrong with pleasing the senses <laughs> so that's what i can put out there and for those who are interested feel free to get in contact with me because i am going to put all those details together once we have all of the people that are interested i have handouts ready I, have, I love educating mm-hmm. everything ready I'm education-hungry for this. Yeah,
2: here it comes. Sounds perfect. Thank
0: you so much for being here. Thank you.
2: If you like this podcast, you can support it by subscribing to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also leave us a rating or
0: review, which sincerely helps us and we absolutely love.
2: Come hang out with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And send us your questions, recommendations, and cool things at We're totally Not okay at gmail.com.
0: Thanks for listening to We're Totally Not Okay. But
2: that's okay. <laughs>